G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Dr. Michael Youssef beginning a brand new series on Leading the Way. God tells us a lot of things about Himself in the Scripture. And these what we call the attributes of God. For example, God tells us about His truthfulness. He tells us about His mercy. He tells us about His justice. He tells us about His love. He tells us about His faithfulness. And on and on and on and on. But there is one thing that God says about Himself that controls all the other attributes of God. And that is the sovereignty of God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 reads, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Thanks for joining listeners around the world for Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Up next, a challenge from the pages of Ephesians in a new series called Discipleship 101. It's a practical look at the key attributes of God, and once better understood, will help lead you toward a more satisfying and effective spirit-filled life of faith. Listen with me now as Dr. Youssef begins today's life-changing message. How do you get to know anyone? Anyone. How do you get to know a person? The only way you know anything about any person is what that person says about himself or herself, right? Am I right? The only way anyone knows something about you is not through what others say about you, but what you say about yourself. And this rule really applies more specifically, more particularly, to God. It's not what I say about God. It's not what they say about God. It's not what you say about God. It is not what some big theologian says about God. It's not what a big mega church pastor says about God. No, what God says about himself. Can I get an amen? amen. Hear me right, please. Nobody and I'm going to make a big statement, but nobody can be called a disciple of Jesus without fully comprehending those four things that we're going to be looking at. But don't take my word for it. I already told you that. Examine the Scripture. Go to the Word of God. God tells us a lot of things about Himself in the Scripture. And these are what we call the attributes of God. For example, God tells us about His wisdom. He tells us about His truthfulness. He tells us about His mercy. He tells us about His grace. He tells us about His justice. He tells us about His love. He tells us about His wrath, or wrath, as they say in England. He tells us about His goodness. He tells us about His faithfulness, and on and on and on and on. But there is one thing, one thing that God says about Himself that controls all the other attributes of God that I've just told you on more. And that is the sovereignty of God. Can you say that with me? The sovereignty 
God's absolute sovereignty and rule over his creation is the axle around which all of his other attributes revolve. That is why if you miss the sovereignty of God, you miss the whole thing. Someone will say, well, wait a minute, Michael, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is the sovereignty of God is the key that controls all of his other attributes? Great question. Thank you for asking. Everyone here would agree, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know that everyone here would agree that God is love, right? Even non-believers sometimes say, yeah, God is love. Well, if God is not sovereign, if God is not absolutely sovereign, outward circumstances would thwart his love, right? If he is not absolute sovereign, then his love would be conditional. And the Bible from cover to cover says the love of God is unconditional. One verse that impacted my whole life, because I could stand here and quote you 100 verses from the Scripture on the sovereignty of God. One verse that impacted my life, impacted my theology, impacted my ministry, is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. The Word of God said that God accomplishes all things according to the counsel of His will. What does that mean? It means that God's knowledge... God's authority, God's power, and God's dominion are all extended to the smallest thing in the whole of the universe. The little sparrow, Jesus said. This morning when you brushed your hair, God says, number 1,555 hair, come on out. And it came out in the brush. That is how absolute in control our God is. That's what the sovereignty of God means. God said it, and God affirmed it in His Word. It means that God's power is above and beyond and beneath and around everything. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, beloved, listen to me, please. Listen to me, because I know this is a, a thorny subject to some people, depending on what church you come from. Denominations fought over this. In all of the confusion that surrounds us right now, God's plan stand supreme. Nobody, nobody, nobody can thwart the plan of God. Someone said that God's ways are behind the scenes, but God moves all the scenes that He's behind. In 1977, I was in graduate school in California, and I remember distinctly when a professor got so carried away, waxing eloquently about Jonah, and as he got carried away talking about Jonah and how Jonah is an example of how man can frustrate the plan of God, Jonah is an example of how man can stand in the way of God's plan. How Jonah is an example of how disobedience can thwart the plan of God. Jonah is an example of how he forced God to change his plan from plan A to plan B. Meanwhile, 
I'm sitting there in the back. I mean, I was squirming. I mean, literally, I was cringing, to put it mildly. Finally, I raised my hand, because I don't want to burst his balloon. But on the other hand, he's shredding biblical truth, literally, before our eyes about the sovereignty of God. We were already ordained, been to seminary, we're mid-career folks. But I just raised my hand. And I said, sir, when I read the story of Jonah, I come to the opposite conclusion. Ultimately, Jonah did not frustrate the plan of God. Ultimately, Jonah was not able to frustrate the will of God. Ultimately, Jonah was dragged kicking and screaming into the plan of God. Ah, all of Jonah's disobedience managed to accomplish for him, bless his heart, all of his disobedience accomplished is got him inside big jaws. Yeah, back then, the, the film was very famous back in 77. The younger people want to know, probably don't know about the film, but it was a big, big thing in the 70s, big jaws. I said, that's what managed to, it, this, his disobedience managed to get him inside the big jaws. His disobedience got him to swim in the slimy intestines of big jaws. It bleaches his skin. <laughs> it blistered his ego and pride. It made him nauseous and sick, as all of disobedience does. And then finally, God him vomited on the beach of God's mercy and grace. Why? Because God accomplishes all things according to what? Counsel of his will. Beloved, listen to me. Those of you who've been hearing me a long time, those who don't, you might be hearing me for the first time, I'm telling you. Miss this one, and you missed everything about God. Even the, the little girl, you know, expressed her understanding of the sovereignty of God when she was praying one night, and she said, Lord, bless my mommy, bless my daddy, bless my grandfather, bless my grandma, and God, please take good care of yourself. Because if anything happens to you, we would be in a whole lot of mess. But I am sure somebody would say, Michael, Michael, what are you trying to say? That we do not have a free will? Of course you have a free will. Of course you have a free will. But your free will has no power over the sovereignty of God. Those who choose to reject God's offer of forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ bring upon themselves dark eternity. Those who choose to live without God, God lets them have what they want. God respects our choices. And don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. That too is also part of God's plan. Because God accomplishes what? According to the counsel of His will. Ah, oh, but there's one thing that you and I must know about our Creator of the universe. He's the sovereign ruler and king of all of creation. But you know what? Most people come to two erroneous conclusions when they hear about the sovereignty of God. Both erroneous conclusions. On the one hand, some people deny the reality that God's supreme rule is over all things. On the other some deny the perfect goodness of God in governing authority over the universe. Both are erroneous. Some wrongly deny that the reality. Others wrongly deny God's nature. Some will say, 
either God is not in perfect control or his will is not perfectly good. Books written about that. These are two easy conclusions that the human flesh, that fallen part of us that is not redeemed yet, will come to. Especially, listen to me, especially when we see evil, pure evil and suffering in the world. I want you to know, I understand that. I really do. In fact, I have been in both erroneous conclusions at one point in my life. Because we humans, we want to bring God to our level. We cannot stand not being in control. See, both of these conclusions are false according to the Word of God. Why? Because God accomplishes what? According to the counsel of His will. Now, let me deal with this by asking you to ask yourself two questions, okay? Ask yourself, answer yourself. Don't have to tell anybody else. (laughs) The first question is this. Is it okay to be baffled? Is it okay to be baffled when you see God doing things that you don't understand? God bless you. Yes! Because as creatures, we do not know all the reasons for everything God does. God is not accountable to us. We have no right to demand that God explains everything to us. Listen to what God said in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts than yours. But you know what the problem is? I really think, and I've seen this with my own eyes in folks, uh, we think that God, and they treat God almost like a, a government official, you know, the governor or president or somebody, politician. They really do. That's how they view God. As if God has to explain his policy to us and defend his decisions. And if he does, then we're going to vote him out of office. Now, there are some people need to be voted out of office. <laughs> Don't misunderstand me. But because we don't know how to vote God out of office, we turn our backs on Him. Because we don't know how to vote God out of office, we cut Him out of our lives. I've seen some Christians, even in disappointment and anger, they kind of have a a cold love toward God. Please listen to me. I love this republic. I escaped from the country of my birth to come and experience this freedom in America, which we're losing every single day. But that is not the way we should view God. Listen to what Moses said in Deuteronomy 29, 29. It's easy to remember. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which He revealed to us belong to us Why? So that we may obey his law. Now, there are several things that the sovereign God reveals to us. Some things he reveals to us. He wants creation to know him. I'm talking about general revelation. He wants us to know certain things about him. He wants all of his creation to know certain things about him. But not everything. Not everything. Now, the second question, I told you two questions to ask yourself. 
The first one, is it okay to be baffled? Okay? When you see things that don't make sense and say, why is God doing this? The second question is this. Does the sovereignty of God mean that we know nothing about God? No. Absolutely not. That's what Christianity is all about. That is why Christianity sits aside from all these other religions. That's what sets the Christian faith above and beyond all the others. God fully revealed himself in Jesus. God has given us all the information we need in order to be able to make a rational decision. God revealed so much about him in Jesus. Why? So that we would decide whether we receive him as Savior or Lord or reject him, and we receive the consequences. Do we love to submit to him or reject him? Question, what does God want us to know about him? I'm talking about humanity in general. I'm going to come to the disciples in a minute. What does God want humanity to know about him? Listen carefully, please. This is all the Word of God. I'm not intelligent enough to come up with the answer. He wants us to know that God loves to save repentant sinners. God wants us to know that he spent many centuries preparing the world for the coming of his Son, that God wants us to know that right on schedule, his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, came into the world. God wants humanity to know that those who have received the gift of salvation and eternal life should share it with others. God wants us to know that his Son, by dying on the cross, carrying our penalty of sin, satisfied the justice of the Father. God wants us to know that His Son was resurrected from the grave on the third day to assure the believers of their own resurrection. God wants us to know that His Son was exalted on the right hand of heaven, and He's ruling and reigning on His throne over on the rim of the universe. And that is from the throne, He invites sinners to come to Him, to repent of their sins, and to come to Him, believe in Him. He lovingly leads them after that throughout their lives. And finally, He brings them home to Himself, heaven. That's what He wants all of humanity to know. Then what? For those who have come to Him, those of us who responded to His invitation, those of us who call ourselves disciples of Jesus, those of us who are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, what does He want His disciples to know? What does God want His disciples to know? Again, it's in the same Word of God. What the sovereign God want for those who have responded and accepted His invitation to know? What does God want believers and disciples to know? I keep repeating this to so understand the difference and the distinction. He wants them to know that because that He is sovereign and in control, therefore, All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He wants his disciples to know that he wants all of them to conform to the image of his son Jesus. God wants Jesus' disciples to know that they should live this life without fear of the future because he controls it. 
God wants all of Jesus' disciples to know that they should live this life without anxiety and worry over their circumstances because He controls them. God wants all of Jesus' disciples to know that they should live this life trusting in His provision, taking Him at His word, believing His promises, obeying His commands. That is, every diligent disciple should know that God is at work in His kingdom and that His everlasting arms are underneath them. God wants Jesus' disciples to know that He is our security and that He, the Creator of the world, never gets tired like we do or grows weary. God wants us to know, the sovereign God wants His disciples to know that He is in absolute control of your job and of your home and of your children and of your health and of your breath. The sovereign God wants us all, Jesus' disciples, to know that no matter how impossible the dream that He's placed in your life, that no matter how difficult the task that He has given you, that no matter how long it takes to accomplish what He wants you to accomplish, that no matter how fierce the opposition in your calling, that no matter how ferocious the enemy is, that no matter how bleak things may look, no matter how helpless they may seem, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings of eagles, and they will run and never get weary. And to top it all, to top it all, He gave His disciples, the disciples of Jesus, His own Holy Spirit to empower them, to empower them to overcome to empower them to live for Him, to empower them to do all things that He calls you to do. Oh, my beloved friends, my beloved friends, listen to me. The sovereignty of God should tell all of Jesus' disciples that His grace is sufficient regardless of what is happening. The sovereignty of God tells all of Jesus' disciples who are daily walking with Him and trusting in Him that an almighty fortress is our God. Finally, the sovereignty of God should tell all of Jesus' disciples that if God be for us, who can be against us? A Yusuf translation, if God is for us, I pity anyone who's against us. <laughs> who shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, swords. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. For I am absolutely certain that neither death, nor life, angels, or height, or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Words of comfort and truth from Dr. Michael Yusuf regarding the sovereignty of God. Thanks for listening to Leading the Way. Maybe the teaching you've heard today has generated faith questions. Well, we'd invite you to speak with a Leading the Way pastor or counsellor. Begin your conversation at ltw.org slash Jesus. Well, that music brings down the curtain on today's time together. Thank you for listening. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. 
Connect further via television, YouTube, Facebook, X and all the social media networks. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.